looking at Romans chapter 8. As I mentioned earlier, Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be headed to verse 14. Romans chapter 8 is one of those chapters, or is the chapter, that has the most references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And um, But we're going to look at one verse, <clears throat> but we're going to start on verse 12, and uh, just kind of give a little runway up to verse 14, and really just one phrase in verse 14. There's only two, but we'll take the first phrase of Romans chapter 12, 8 and verse 14. So Romans 8 verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So this word led is an interesting word in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. And there's multi-levels of application here because we know that the law, the Old Testament, the law of Moses, specifically even the Pentateuch or the, uh, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, we know that the law was a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. So the law leads us to Christ, and then in the New Covenant times, the, uh, the, the Holy Spirit leads us to Christ and when the Holy Spirit leads us to Christ, we become then the sons of God. But as children of God, we are also then led by the Holy Spirit in our life with Christ. And there's this application, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The word led there was used in, especially in first century as a picture of an owner of an animal who would wrap the rope, the, the shepherd's rope or the owner's rope around the neck of the animal and then gently tug or pull that animal until that animal started to follow him or her. Um, when the animal decided to cooperate and follow that gentle tug, then it could be led to where the owner wanted it to go. So it's a very gentle picture here. The word led is a led is a word that is parallel to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit goes before us and he expects us to follow him as our shepherd, but we can choose. We can choose to follow or not to live according to the Spirit or to live according to the flesh. And we know that God's Spirit leads us through his word, but also through the gentle promptings of our heart. And, uh, and you may remember, this has been a long time ago, that I, I mentioned um, being at lunch with a missionary, this is when we were still in Colorado, and being at lunch with a missionary, and he asked this question. He said, Rick, do you trust 
the Holy Spirit. And my initial response was, of course I trust the Holy Spirit. I mean, in my head, that was my initial response. I knew that it was a more of a sober moment, and, and he really caused me to think, do I trust the Holy Spirit? And over the years, I've even rephrased that question in my mind, will I trust the Holy Spirit? Will I? And so yesterday, as Andrew Fung um, talked to us about humility, I could not help but think about even our humble response. It's not, yes, we are to be humble and be sensitive to sin and pride in our lives. That's huge. But also there's a humility of walking with the Holy Spirit that says, Holy Spirit, I trust you. I will trust you. I do trust you. Um, You see what I cannot see. So why would I be so proud and arrogant to think that I know the end from the beginning when you know the end from the beginning? So it's a walk of humility. It's the absence of our direction and the presence of his direction. It's our submission in listening, really in feeling and following the tug of the Holy Spirit. We do this in ministry we do this in our, maybe even in sitting in church, and the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, prompts us to respond or to talk to somebody or not to talk to somebody, or whatever. We do that in life. I'm wondering, even today, in our prayer time, if we can do that in our praying. Can we trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our praying? Can we pay attention to the tugging and the pulling of the Holy Spirit in our praying, personal praying, but also right now in our in our united prayer time. Um, he's not going to force us to obey him, but he does pop, pro, uh, prompt and tug on our spirit. I'm going to encourage us to even to listen to the person who prayed before us and ask the Holy Spirit to continue the conversation and to lead us where he wants to lead us. Now, I would like for you to be thinking whether or not you would be praying today, and I'm not trying to put ominous pressure on you, but think of it this way, if you will. And this is maybe a little little spooky. Um, maybe that's not the right word to use, but I think you'll understand. Um, when, I, when I have prayed personally, sometimes where I intend to, to end up maybe in a list of things that I'm praying for or a specific direction I'm wanting to pray, sometimes I end up in a completely different direction. And as I'm praying for somebody, I'm thinking of something else, and I pray for that, which causes me to think of something else, and I pray for that, which and I'm thinking, I've often labeled that as daydreaming or wandering in prayer, and yet might it also have a parallel to what we're looking at here in in Romans 8. Could it be the leadership of the Holy Spirit where, okay, Rick, you want to go this way, but I want you to go this way. I want you to to end up where I'm leading you, not to where you're wanting to go. And so maybe even in our prayer time today, could it be that we would be so sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit and trust the Holy Spirit that something is mentioned and it just alters what we pray for? And uh, it is just little by little. If you think of the book of Acts, the, the book of Acts, the early church was a powerful force in gospel advance. 
And I heard somebody say yesterday that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 60 times in the book of Acts. In the 28 chapters of the book of Acts, 60 times. So that's almost twice in every chapter. The, the early church was sensitive to the, to the leadership, the filling, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So, um, and in that early church, these are humble people. <laughs> the, the world would call them simple, uneducated people, but they were a powerful force that turned the world upside down as they were humble before the Lord, following the slightest promptings of the Holy Spirit, and thousands, thousands were brought to Christ as a result. That's revival. It's awakening. Um, Our world is in darkness and needs this Holy Spirit-led people, believers, participating in what Jesus wants to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do, even turning our world upside down. We need it now more than ever, it seems. So um, as we pray, could we be mindful of this text even today from Romans chapter 8 and verse 14? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'm even thinking of of um, um, and rejoicing in the fact that we are gathered together <laughs> And we're not trying to impress each other, so we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about forming fancy phrases. We just have to pray. We just have to pray. We just have to talk to God and let him lead us. And if it's a short prayer or a long prayer, and we trust more short than long, but uh, if it's, it may it be spirit, spirit-led praying. Um, I'm going to finish by a, a little a little poem i guess it's a poem that um i was i was i heard referenced yesterday and it's it's written some of you will know the name major ian thomas major ian thomas was from the uk he was british um he's gone to be with the lord uh he lived in estes park colorado he was just about 30 miles from where we lived in colorado i met him one time and uh went up to his home in estes park which is um kind of the beginning of the mountains, mountainous areas. Some Colorado people would consider it foothills, but it was it was a ski area. And and um, I sat down to tea with him. I'm not a tea drinker, but I I I drank tea with him. And um, uh, he poured he poured the tea into the cup, and he looked at me and he said, "Rick," he said, "a true British person can know whether the." cream goes in before the tea or the tea goes in before the cream now i don't know if that's true or not he may have been just messing with me but um but uh then he said um he talked about being filled with the holy spirit and he said my life is just given over to the holy spirit and those words just really made an impact on me but then yesterday i i read Uh, this poem that was written by Major Ian Thomas. And he said this, When Jesus died for me on Calvary, he paid the penalty of all my sin. He suffered all my pain, my sinful heart to gain, and now his spirit lives within. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. My body is the house in which he lives. My voice 
is his to talk, and my feet are his to walk. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. He rose again to bring abundant grace and to justify us before our Father's face. I live no more, but he lives out his life through me. I'm just a vessel that is fashioned by his grace. So as life goes on, I care not what I care not come what may. He carries all my burdens and my cares. For me the battle's done. For he's the victory won. I'm just a suit of clothes that Jesus wears. So could we be humble in our praying today, trusting the Holy Spirit and following his promptings.